Good morning. Welcome to With God at Dawn. The title of our reading this morning is The Throne of Grace is Where Sins May Be Blotted Out. Our verse, Isaiah 43, 25, tells us, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake, and will not remember thy sins. Some seem to feel that they must be on probation and must prove to the Lord that they are reformed before they can claim his blessing. But they may claim the blessing of God even now. They must have his grace, the Spirit of Christ, to help their infirmities, or they cannot resist evil. Jesus loves to have us come to him just as we are, sinful, helpless, dependent, We may come with all our weakness, our folly, our sinfulness, and fall at his feet in penitence. It is his glory to encircle us in the arms of his love and to bind up our wounds to cleanse us from all impurity. Here is where thousands fail. They do not believe that Jesus pardons them personally, individually. They do not take God at his word. It is the privilege of all who comply with the conditions to know for themselves that pardon is freely extended for every sin. Put away the suspicion that God's promises are not meant for you. They are for every repentant transgressor. Strength and grace have been provided through Christ to be brought by ministering angels to every believing soul. None are so sinful that they cannot find strength, purity, and righteousness in Jesus who died for them. He's waiting to strip them of their garments stained and polluted with sin and put upon them the white robes of righteousness. He bids them live and not die. With the rich promises of the Bible before you, can you give place to doubt? Can you believe that when the poor sinner longs to return, longs to forsake his sins, the Lord sternly withholds him from coming to his feet in repentance? Away with such thoughts. Nothing can hurt your own soul more than to entertain such a conception of our Heavenly Father. He hates sin, but he loves the sinner. As you read the promises, remember, they are the expressions of unutterable love and pity. Love and pity so deep that you cannot utter them. The great heart of infinite love is drawn toward the sinner with boundless, as with no boundaries, boundless compassion. He wants to restore his moral image in man. As you draw near to him with confession and repentance, he will draw near to you with mercy and forgiveness. Okay, so we read we must have his grace, the Spirit of Christ, to help with our infirmities. Let's try to work through what this is and how to have it. Okay, there are three types of parallelism, synonymous, antithetic, and synthetic. Bear with me as we take a quick look at each. Synonymous involves the repetition in the second part of what has already been expressed in the first whilst simply varying the words or similar thoughts. Antithetic 
A form of parallelism, where the meaning of two or more excerpts of texts are observed, although directly linked by providing the same meaning from differing perspectives or varying thoughts. So synonymous is similar thoughts, antithetic is varying thoughts, and synthetic when the units balance clause for clause with one unit building upon or adding to the first or additional thoughts is the sentence we must have his grace the spirit of Christ similar varying or additional I'm going to opt for synonymous what about you which would mean that his grace is the spirit of Christ Okay, so the point for asking this is to discover what it is that helps us with our infirmities. For our verse said, we must have his grace, the spirit of Christ, to help with our infirmities. So, I infer from this sentence, and you may think differently, but please, let's think. (laughs) I infer that if we understand what grace is, we'll also understand the nature of his spirit. So my next question is, what is the definition of grace? Okay, I know we've done this one before. I'm just going to do a quick 1828, no Webster's Dictionary, grace number three says, favorable influence of God, divine influence, or the influence of the Spirit, in renewing the heart and restraining from sin. Definition number four, the application of Christ's righteousness to the sinner. Definition number 14, natural or acquired excellence. So there are many other definitions listed, 20 to be exact. And you may look up grace in the 1828. If you don't own it yourself, you can go to the online dictionary and uh, see if you find one that you prefer over the ones that I have selected. So, okay, this actually reminds me of the verse in Psalms 84.11. I'll read it for you. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Here, he promises the obedient that he will give light and protection, grace and glory. I'm going to read it again. The Lord God is a sun and shield, or light and protection, a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory grace and glory to those who walk uprightly or the obedient. But first, let me relate the verse in the verses in uh, Exodus 33 and 34 that explain glory. Then let's uh, then let's plug in some definitions into that verse in Psalms 84:11 just for an exercise. Exodus 33:18 and 19. And he, Moses, said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory and 19 and he said God said to Moses I will make all my goodness pass before thee and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee now work further we're going to read in Exodus 34 6 and 7 what God said and the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord the Lord God merciful and gracious long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, 
forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and the fourth generation. By the way, much of his name can be found in the second commandment. And the third commandment then says, do not take his name in vain. That's an aside note. I'm back on track here. But God said his glory was his goodness, and he proclaimed his name. I infer from this that his glory is his character, his goodness, his character, his name. So we might say, in antithetic parallelism, his glory, his goodness, and his name are providing the same meaning from varying perspectives. Okay, we might then read the verse in Psalms 84.11 as follows. Okay, just follow along with me. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give his spirit and his character. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly or them that obey. Or we could also read it thus. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give the influence of the spirit, renewing the heart, and restraining from sin and his goodness to them that obey or walk uprightly. We might also read it thus, The Lord God will give light and protection, his spirit and his character to the obedient. I'm going to leave you to sift through these thoughts further and uh, any of your own thoughts, but the takeaway is when we by faith obey, God does the work in and for us. Indeed, he is our Father, and we the work of his hands. He knows the medium that he is working with. We are clay, and he is the sculptor. His promises are expressions of unutterable love and pity. He never condemns us for our condition, but he makes a way of escape that we may bear our trials. Can we agree on that point at least? And I know that we've barely scraped the surface of this study, but let's just close with prayer today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray for those who are here with me today and for myself as well, that we might obey by faith so that you can give to us light, and which is knowledge and protection, and you will impart to us your spirit, your character, your goodness, and work in us that we might reflect you and be brought back into agreement with you and your love, love. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, my friends, be blessed today, and I'll see you in the morning.